Okay, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. My name is Will Doctor, alongside James Ledbetter, and we're past the pro-ams, we're past the weaker fields, the weaker players of the 2021 Corn Ferry graduating class have been weeded out, and James, this is where the PGA Tour season starts. It's the biggest throwdown in golf, it's the WM Phoenix Open. Uh, you want to start with a couple notes regarding last week's AT&T Pebble Beach. Yeah, congrats to Tom Hoagie getting his first PGA Tour win with a final round 68. Can we get this guy a 10-year subway deal? Tom Hoagie, the sandwich man. Uh, You know, in terms of what kind of we saw down the stretch, well, we probably wouldn't have been too tuned into it, but obviously we had Spieth in there and we had a wild Spieth in there. Uh, Four greens, I believe, the final round. Um, Unfortunately, bogeyed 17 uh, with uh, coming up short there in the bunker. Greller had to had to walk to Phoenix from uh, from Pebble. I'm, I'm assuming uh, for that number because I, you know, even the way Spieth kind of, you know, he kind of gave him the look like I hit that perfect. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Uh, so you know, but you know, pretty exciting down the stretch. One of the things I had was uh, Jordan Spieth over Seamus Seamus Power, uh, just because you know of what Spieth has done at Pebble over the last couple of years here. Obviously, past champion. Had absolutely zero form coming in. Um, we'll just break down that uh, that pre-swing routine right now. Just is it's tough to keep the food down. Yeah, it's shocking. It, it kind of looks like a uh, you know an employee from Auntie Annie's trying to twist a pretzel together. Um, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what him and Cameron Cormick are doing. It's going to be interesting to get into him this week. He, he's kind of a wild card speed. You know, I don't know if the next step's going to be where the the irons unravel or if he's going to win this week, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, but it's amazing how he held it together for the first three rounds. You know, he, he was playing some excellent golf, but like you said, four greens, the final round, that's an obvious huge mishap with the iron play. And, you know, like he stood on the 18th tee for, or the 18th tee for six minutes going through that routine. I mean, he was yeah. full JB Holmes out there. Yeah. You know, credit to him. He's obviously working on something right now. Uh, and as you know, normally when you're working on something, it's kind of tough to compete in golf tournaments. The fact that he's doing those both at the same time is a testament to, you know, what kind of player he is in terms of, uh, what he's going to be looking at this week at the waste management. He better get that thing, uh, tightened up pretty quick. Cause he's not going to be able to spray it like he did, uh, at pebble and, you know, every other, what do you play? Nine courses this past week. It's a joke, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, any, any more thoughts on, you know, you, you had a couple picks that, uh, you know, you had the Hoagie top 40. Yeah, it, it, it was it was great to see my guy, Tom Hoagie, get his first PGA Tour victory. Obviously, had a very conservative ticket on Tom Hoagie this week, the top 40 plus 110. So there was no sweat for anyone on Sunday. I was in the driver's seat there. Uh, but there was obviously a couple of plays that pissed me off last week. I mean, I had two glove Aaron Rye over Christian Bazoud and how to plus 105 and these two were dueling it down the stretch as if they knew they were facing each other and head to heads. Here's the painful part. Aaron Rye bogeys his first hole, um, his final hole, my apologies, on, on Saturday to drop to four under, one worse than, than Hout. And because of that, Aaron Rye misses the infamous three-day cut, which, in my opinion, you know, should not exist. So 
I took a lick there. Another big disappointment, Lucas Glover, who opened with rounds of 75-76, and I had him over Matt Jones at minus 110. You know, Matt Jones didn't even play well. He missed the cut, too. But, you know, when you open with two rounds in the mid-70s on the PGA Tour, the majority of the field is going to beat you. And, uh, you know, in Lucas Glover's case, you know, you're not wanting to go back to the house and face Chris after playing like that. You know, my, my thoughts were with him on Sunday, Led. Yeah, tough scene for uh, for Lucas, but uh, you know, another we got another week here, right? We got the Waste Management Phoenix Open coming up uh, this week. One of the most, I'd say, whether it's the fans or the players, everybody's kind of looking forward to this event. Uh, you know, we are seeing that in the field; it's pretty stacked this year. We have three of the top four in the World Golf Ranking team up this week. We got John Rahm, Victor Hovland coming off a European Tour win. And first timer somehow, Patrick Cantlay. I'm surprised he hasn't played this event in the past, just obviously because it's one of the bigger ones. When we look back to last year, Jordan Spieth actually held the 54 hole lead going into that last round. Uh, Brooks Kepka was uh, was the eventual champion. Uh, well, do you remember that uh, chip in on 17 there? Got a little close to the sprinkler head. Wasn't exactly sure if that was his landing spot, but he. Uh, you know, he knocked it in from about 30, 40 yards there for, you know, put him in the driver's seat for the golf tournament. Yeah, and it was kind of, uh, you know, looking back at, at you know, the last year for Kepka, if you look back at these regular events that aren't majors or WGCs, his win here last year was kind of the last tournament that he actually played decent in. I mean, you know, yeah. his other his other good finishes were second at the PGA, six at the Open, but in these normal events that he's so-called, you know, kind of just packs it in for, um the waste management seems to one be the one that he likes yeah and we'll talk about it i'm surprised at his number this week i think it's uh you know a little bit disrespectful defending champ uh you know coming in 30 to 1 um you know especially for a guy of, of his caliber who at least you know whether he only cares about the bigger tournaments and wins at least he wins versus a lot of these guys that uh have have trouble yeah he and he's one guy that we're not looking too deep into miscuts at Mayakoba. We're not looking too deep at miscuts into Houston. Um, his, his stats at the Farmers were shocking. Three, you know, three and a half shots lost to Green. Uh, but like you said, this place is comfortable, and and uh, I don't think Brooks is is too bad of a pick this week with that number. Yeah. Do we know what hair color he's going with this week? Because that could definitely. Oh my gosh! I forgot he went blonde. I- yeah, me too. Me too. It's kind of, it, you know, it, it's kind of a waste management look. You know, the wasted open. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, like I mean, the, as yellow as that hair is, you could throw a green W on the back there, get a little more out of that event. You know, a little more, a little more out of that sponsorship. Imagine um, he keeps that going through Augusta and puts that jacket on with that blonde hair. <laughs> sheesh, sheesh. But uh, you know, moving into the course, we're playing TPC Scottsdale Stadium. Uh, it's been there since 1987. So, you know, this is definitely one of the, uh, you know, events that's been on the, in the circuit, in the, in the rotation for a while. I actually went last year, sat at the 16th hole for, for a couple hours. And actually, uh, I actually, you know, started to forget there was really a golf tournament going on. The, the atmosphere was, uh, I'd say somewhere between a, you know, an SEC uh, football game and a, rave so it was you know it was definitely a, a new experience but wow i bet i mean the way they do it is just great in terms of the you know they get they let the players wear football jerseys they you know they really you know guys are coming there up there with like t-shirt guns and you know it's like a full-blown uh, event uh so definitely looking forward to 
to that this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe Tom Hoagie putting on that uh, LaDainian Tomlinson TCU jersey from back in the day. I know I wow. saw on Twitter that uh, that JT Poston uh, won a bet against Max Homa for the uh, you know, when the Dodgers and the Braves played in the NLCS. Homa had the Dodgers, Poston had the Braves. Braves win, Homa has to wear a, a Braves jersey now on 16. So there's some fun stuff okay. going on. For sure. Yeah, we'll see some we'll be we'll see some Burrow jerseys. I'm sure we'll see some Stafford jerseys. Certainly, Burns but, uh, is, Burns yeah. should definitely have a Burrow jersey on. Oh yeah, the the EAUX one. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but you know, getting into the golf course, it's a seven thousand two hundred sixty one yard par seventy one. It's desert golf, um, Bermuda greens, and the rough isn't that bad at all. And you know, honestly, throughout the you know entire winter and as we get into the spring. Until we really get to Florida, we're not really going to be, you know, taking the rough too much into account. I don't think it's going to – until you get to Florida, you don't really need to hit that many fairways. When you do get to Florida, you get those squirrely Bermuda lies. You don't know if an 8-iron is going to jump and go 180 or come out soft and go 140. That's what makes the Bay Hills, the Innisbrooks, the PJ Nationals of the world with all the water that exists there as well pretty difficult. Um, in terms of – one of the stats we'll look at, obviously, is strokes gained putting on Bermuda greens, just based off the fact that, um, you know, we're going to see, you know, obviously what guys perform well on that. Um, the rough is definitely, uh, you know, so the way these desert course, obviously, the course is built in the desert, right? So if you do miss the fairway, if you do miss the rough, you're going to be getting into the kind of sand dune type situations where you got cactuses, you got all different types of stuff. One thing I noticed as well is it's kind of hit or miss in terms of your lie. Obviously, you're going to have patrons, all right, or the crowd is going to be walking around there. You could end up in a cactus. You could end up in a footprint. You could, you know, be a life or death kind of shot like Steve yeah. had last week, falling off the canyon where you could, uh, you know, realistically, I'd say under over is probably like 1.5 WDs, but just based on like cactus swings. I'd um, rather, so- I'd rather, I'd rather hit the cliff shot than the cactus shot. I mean, those things just spray you. They spray you. They spray you. And it's like, you get, let's say you got one stuck to your leg, you're grabbing it, and now it's stuck to your hand. Yeah. It's literally yeah. like, you know, you get coiled up in that thing to the point where um, the forecast, right, we're not expecting much rain. We're in the middle of, you know, Scottsdale here. And uh, rain gear has to be in the bag yeah. for you to potentially have a shot uh, up against a cactus or something like that. But in terms of the golf course, we got three reachable par fives completely set up by the tee shot. And what I mean by that is, is if you can hit the fairway on these par five, you could, you know, potentially have, you know, mid long iron in here. If you hit a bad tee shot, if you get a little speed, you know, flutter, push fade goes up against a bunker lift. That can be the difference between a full shot, just, you know, hitting a nice three ten one down the fairway and being in the bunker. So super important on, you know, certain holes to, to hit good tee shots. The defense of the course is the fairway bunkers. And, you know, they got a couple lakes uh, out there that definitely come into play, especially on the par fives. In terms of the fairway bunkers, what we've looked at is if you can carry it between, you know, 290, 300, it's, it kind of opens up for you. So the longer hitters out there, the Bubba Watsons who, you know, fresh off a nice, you know, runner up finish uh, who hadn't played in a while, but, you know, any bomber, for example, can uh, can definitely take advantage of the uh, the carries out there and opening up the golf course for them. Um, one more thing to look like the air. You know, we're in the desert here, so the air is super thin. And actually, you know, I saw this stat today that the the average drive 
uh, from this week is 12 yards further than the rest of the, the PGA tour, uh, you know, average for the rest of the year. So the ball goes super far out here. What guys are going to be able to make those adjustments? But for the most part, don't look at that 7,261 yard as a, you know, a, you know, medium to long course. This is definitely plays, plays shorter. Um, but, you know, looking in terms of the way the golf course plays, especially uh, the number, right? So what what is winning score we're kind of looking at? The last five years, the winning score has been between 17 and 19 under. Uh, so middle of the pack in terms of scoring. But the one thing I did notice is the way this golf course sets up, a lot of these TPC, you know, stadium courses uh, around the around the country is their risk reward, right? You're hitting your second shot on a par five from 245, right? If you hit a good hybrid, you've got a 15 footer for eagle. Yeah. If you miss the green, you've now got like a hundred, you know, 10 yard wedge shot getting up and down for par. So, you know, what I'm trying to say is you're going to have a lot of shots this week that are technically worth, worth more than one shot, right? So if I hit this 10 feet, I know I could get this up and down. If I hit a bad one, I'm, you know, dropping another ball. So, you know, guys that are able to kind of master that are going to do well this week. Only two of the last 12 54 hole leaders have actually been able to finish off the job. So it really goes to show, you know, we got reachable par fives, we've got drivable par fours like 17, but you know, not much success. You know, you can go back to last year, speed 54 hole leader after a, a, a Saturday 61 wasn't able to get the, the job done. And Will, what do you think of potentially? Uh, you know, we, we talked about how we're going to, you know, start mentioning some maybe more live betting options for a course where two of the last 12, 54 leaders have been able to finish the job. This might be Saturday night. Uh, we might be a little bit of a late night looking at these, uh, live bets for, uh, for a potential comfort behind winner, because, you know, there could be some value of a guy who's three, four shots back post and, you know, see what happens. Your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everyone's going to have to, to, to keep an eye on us. DR Media 59 on Twitter, at James Ledbetter on Twitter. Uh, we'll definitely be looking at that throughout the weekend. Um, and and stuff we're looking at today, strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained approach, strokes gained putting, par five scoring is huge, like Led said, three reachable par fives on the back nine. Um, and today for Waste Management Phoenix Open, we're going to take you through matchups, picks to place, star courses, outright winners lineups and most importantly our best bets of the week so uh led and, yeah well one more thing to add here i just wanted to talk a little bit about um you know the type of players that have won here when we go back to last week what did we say with at&t you know it's been pretty pretty consistent in terms of producing some occasional kind of long shot winners uh you know kind of every other year you got guys like in the past at at&t geez you had DA points. You had all these, you know, obviously Tom Hoagie as of uh, most recent here. Right. But what I've noticed in terms of the course history here is um, pretty much studs have a tendency to, to get the job done. You just going back to the past five winners, we got Brooks, we got Webb Simpson, we got Ricky Fowler, we got Gary Woodland, and we got Hideki here in 2016, 2017. So uh, yeah, the, you know, in terms of what we're looking at, winning score between 17, 19 under, you don't exactly have to, to light it up, but uh, you definitely do need to make some birdies because uh, for the most part, there's a, there's enough trouble out there where you're going to have to, you're going to have to offset that. So um, yeah, let's, you know, without further ado, let's just get into those favorites, starting with John Rom. 
uh, at six to one. Um, well, I'm starting with my first uh, Super Bowl analogy. Um, I'm passing on this like I'm Pete Carroll at the goal line in Super Bowl 49. I absolutely hate this number. Uh, Rom is a beast, but it's way too hard to win out here to take him at six to one. Jeez, I mean, I would. I don't even like that. You know, top three at six to one, just because of. First of all, we got three of the top four guys playing uh, this week that are in the in the world. Uh, but you know, what's not the love about uh, about Rom's number? He's first off the tee. He's tenth approach. He's seventeenth in putting. Uh, and I know the Arizona State, the former Arizona State Sun Devil, certainly wants to win here with the home crowds. But honestly, the books, they know Rom's first off the tee. They know he's 10th approach. And they're factoring all that in. I just think the numbers are, uh, the books are just way too on top of this. You know, I realistically, I, I don't think we can really touch Rom till he gets to double digits. Uh, but so I am going to be passing like Pete Carroll did in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And Led, I don't know if it's just an early year thing, but Rom's really been running hot um, at the first signs of adversity in his last few PGA Tour starts. And it's not to say that he's played bad. He played well, you know, to win the century at the start of the year, played well at the Amex, uh, played well enough to win the century to start the year. He didn't win it. Played well, played well at the Amex. The Farmers was a tournament where he was really battling his emotions in the final two rounds. He had the farmers in the bag after he shot 66, 65 to start the week. And then, you know, puked on himself a little bit in the final two rounds, but we really started to see Rom one hot there. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. It's definitely something that's held him back from winning in the past. I like emotion out of players like Spieth. Uh, I don't think it works as an advantage for someone like John Rom. you know, when he's patient and relaxed, like he was at the U S open uh, watch out. But I just remember, you know, in years past, specifically the, um, I think it was the 2019 players um, when he, you know, his caddy told him to hit a uh, three wood out of the bunker or no layup out of a bunker. He ends up hitting a three wood, sprays it right in the water, and you know he kind of just had that attitude about him, like you know, he, you know, it wasn't really a team deal. I feel like we we're starting to see a little bit of that at these past tournaments, so. Um, I'm passing on Rom this week and, and as well as for the reason that plus 600 is just way overpriced. Yeah. You know, he is, a you, you, will be sleeping in his own bed this week, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think, but so, but so are a lot of people, Ed, you know, so are a lot of these true. players. I mean, half this field probably lives in Scottsdale. Um, that is true. That is true. And then, you know, we move on to, uh, to Justin Thomas at 10 to one, you know, this is a guy who has had his struggle or had his struggles at the waste management, his first few years at Alabama in the past four years, he hasn't finished outside the top 20 in this golf tournament. And, you know, regardless, um, uh, of being yet to win a golf tournament this season, you can't argue that it's been a, a really good start to the season. I know JT sets his goal sky high, but he has to be happy that he hasn't finished outside the top 20 in any event this year. And if you want to take that farther, he hasn't finished outside the top 20 in any event since the open back in July. So, you know, the only question mark, I think JT's putting could be, you know, a bit better uh, than, than tournaments, the previous events that he's played in, but I don't think it's too much to worry about. I, I'm, I'm going to be looking at the JT top 10 plus 110 ticket. Um or, you know, hopefully draw a matchup against maybe Hideki. We'll see tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I'm uh, well, let's just uh, let's just move into Hideki. I might be, uh, you know, countering that uh, opinion on the JT Hideki matchup if we get it. But here's uh, here's how Hideki's been playing as of late. He has two wins in his last four starts on the PGA Tour. Um, Hideki has two wins in his last five starts at the Waste Management. So, I mean, recent play, course history, tough to pass up. He is 24th off the tee and 13 approach in his last 50 rounds. As we know, not exactly lights out with the uh, with the putter most of the time. But if he puts decent, he wins, and that's what we've talked about um, as of late. And what he do at Sony was, uh, you know, he putted great and uh, and was able to. What did they go? They didn't go thirty under there. They went about uh, what was that twenty four under or something? Yeah, um, somewhere around there. Yeah. So the fact that this is a you know kind of mid tier tournament in terms of you know you don't have to shoot thirty under to win this week. I think that sets up for. Uh, for a guy like Hideki, who can just kind of ball strike his way around the golf course. 23 He's under at Sony, led 23 under. Okay, 23 under at Sony. Um, but in terms of, you know, what we're looking at here, when I just compare, you know, you just scroll up a little bit, you see Rom at plus 600, and then you see some, you know, a player of Hideki's uh, caliber at 14 to 1, even 15 to 1 in some places. I think that ticket just has way more value than a Rom ticket. Um especially when you factor in that, uh, that course history. Uh, since Hideki's back-to-back -back wins here uh, in 2016, 2017, his other finishes are a 15th place, a 16th, and a 42nd. So obviously really likes this golf course. Who's really playing better than Hideki? Two wins in his last four starts at the Zozo and Sony. Um, so I, know I do like him. I do like Hideki. So I'm going to take Hideki this week to win at 14-1. to one. And I do like him uh, among all the favorites. So do so, do a little price shopping there. I you know I saw it kind of teetering back and forth on a couple websites at fifteen to one. But Hideki Matsuyama to win this week uh, for me, Will. Yeah, and regardless that I'm I'm gonna be searching for that JT over Hideki ticket. I I really you know I I don't mind Hideki that top ten ticket at plus one forty. It is not a bad look, and I'm especially not looking too deep into last year's forty second place finishes. Um, if you look at the tournaments around, you know, this event last year, Hideki was really on a rough stretch where he didn't have his game. Um, mm. So, so I like that there and on to Victor Hovland at 16 to one, you know, Hovland's really been the best player in the world since the middle of the fall season. And that one at the Dubai desert classic a few weeks ago, vaulted him to number three in the world after winning Mayakoba in the fall and the here over Christmas break. And it's interesting because squeeze in the middle of that was, a brutal 30th place finish at the century where he was really off from tee to green. Uh, but as far as this event is concerned, he's only played the wasted management once back in 2020 uh, where he missed the cut. Uh, but that was also three professional wins ago from Victor Hovland. So I don't think it's totally fair to make an assessment on him based off his lone start here. You know, top 20 price is gone, you know, minus 140. We're not taking that, but uh, I'm really going to be looking for a good head-to-head -head matchup with Victor Hovland and her passing this week, Led. Yeah, when you think of Victor Hovland, it's like, I feel like he's underrated. You know what I mean? Even though he's yeah. like almost about to become number one player in the world kind of thing. You know, obviously the one win he's had this year being the, uh, you know, this calendar year, <laughs> being the, uh, you know, tournament on the European tour that no one's really uh, watching. Uh, yeah, definitely a little under the radar. Yeah, and uh, and the Dubai Desert Classic in his win, the longest putt that Victor Hoblin made was six and a half feet. 
which I thought was incredible. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is next level ball striking right there. But moving into our next guy, Patrick Cantlay at sixteen to one. Um, well, when you think of different guys that would like play well in this environment, you're right. Cantlay is kind of a you know slow and steady kind of plotter. I guess Hideki kind of would be one of those guys, but um, you know, first time Cantlay playing in the waste management this year, uh, you know, kind of gives me Horschel vibes in terms of wouldn't exactly love, uh, you know, a shotgun beer uh, in the middle of his backswing compared to, uh, you know, someone like a, whether it be a JT or a Spieth, uh, being able to, you know, handle that a little better. But honestly, stats, you know, the stats don't not, don't lie. Cantley's third off the tee, 24th approach, 29th in putting in his last 50 rounds. One of the uh, few guys besides uh, a guy like Ron who are in the top 30 in all three of those categories which pretty much means you're uh, amazing in golf. Uh, in terms of what Cantley's done as of late, he's coming off a T4 in the AT&T. Uh, that field was awful, so don't get too excited about that. Uh, but here's what he's done his last uh, eight events. He's made the cut in seven of them. He has six top 20s. He has three top 10s, and he has two top fives. So a lot to like here statistically. Um, you know, first timer, you can't bet on everyone this week. So I'm going to pass on, uh, on Cantlay, um, just for the fact that you, you can't bet on everyone, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, whew, 97. Just, you know, yeah. Not, not bet on everyone is not the, I just, I mean, I just don't love the number 16 to one, uh, as a, as a rookie out there, uh, at the waste management. Um, I just think there's better value in other places. Yeah. And, and fair point with, the way the venue doesn't quite set up for, you know, someone like, you know, someone like a Cantlay, someone like a, like a Horschel, um, you know, is 97 under in his last five PGA tour starts. That's just absolutely incredible. Um, I, I, I'm not, I don't have anything uh, with Patrick Cantlay on my slate this week either. Um, it's just when you, com- yeah. it's just like when you compare it to a guy like Brooks, that's 30 to one that you're getting, you know, pretty much double the value on. Um, Obviously, can't like a lot more consistent than someone like a Brooks, but um, yeah, it just if you're we don't deciding, like him, we, don't, we don't like him this week, lad. We don't like him. If you're deciding between Rom and Cantley, please to God take Cantley because yeah, of, you know, because of that number. But um, yeah, Cantley's no, but uh, yeah, as we're, we're we're gonna get further down with Scheffler and and Burns, there's a lot better value down there. Uh, on to Jordan Spieth at 16 to one. Listen, there's certain places where you can be sure that Jordan Spieth is going to show up no matter the venue, obviously Augusta TPC or John Deere. If he ever goes to that event again, definitely Pebble beach. You know, we could sit here all day and break down the, uh, the second place finish that Jordan had last week. But, um, you know, to be fair on Jordan's part, Tom Hoagie birdied two of his last three in routes with 32 on his closing nine. And, you know, what happened was Tom Hoagie just beat speed. That's what happens in golf. And as far as speed swings concerned, you know, it, we talked about it in the opener, you know, I'm not sure the, the journey that McCormick has invented in, envisioned for speed swing. Uh, but as far as his record at the waste management is concerned, Came in fourth last year after missing the cut in his two previous starts in Phoenix. Um, and back in 15 and 17, he recorded top 10 finishes here as well. So a bit of a mixed bag. This is a tough call, Led. You know, it really is. I, I, 
like I said, I don't know if a big win is coming or the iron play is going to totally unravel. He's driven it well enough over the past five events to where if his iron play is decent. He's going to finish in the top 10. I may go with Spieth top 10 at plus 150, but I'll have to look at the matchups first. Yeah, I, I have a bit of PTSD from watching that final round at, uh, at AT&T PTSD. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're hitting four greens on a, you know, it just, it's tough. He's clearly working on something, right? So yeah. obviously there's a certain amount of, um, there's a certain amount of uh, comfortability at, 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 at the venues that he likes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But at some point, you'd, you'd assume that he's going to have the, uh, you know, I guess he scrapped it together the final round at AT&T, but um, right now he's relying on his short game versus ball striking, right? Uh, yeah. When you compare him to a guy like, uh, you know, a Cantlay, who's at that same number, who's pretty much, as we talked about, third off the tee, 24th approach, 29th putting, firing all cylinders where Spieth has a significant amount of his game, which is out of whack. Um, I just think it's tough to take him to win because we can see guys like we talked about with a Hovland, right. Who can make the longest spot be a six footer. Right. And, yeah. uh, and win tournaments with ball striking alone, really hard to win golf tournaments with like short game alone. And right. I think that's pretty much what Spieth's got. Yes. You could see him scrapping out a T seven or whatever, but realistically, you know, if you're hitting it and working on things, you're going to have one of those outlier rounds. If, you know, you know, you don't need to go 30 under here, but a 72 or 73 is not getting done. Be, uh, you're done. You're done. <laughs> exactly. So, he, yeah, speed's a pass for me to win. Is that same for you, Will? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm right there with you. I don't feel like this is a golf course where, you know, when you're tinkering on things, it's, you know, it. it I don't so feel like there's it's, some. There's some daunting top tee shots out there. I'm daunting. Think, like, a couple of these par fives where it's like, okay, we got water. Right? Yeah, everything's yeah. hard panned. Everything, I mean, the ball's bouncing everywhere. I, I'm off yeah. speed this week. I'm off speed this week unless I see something good in the matchups. Love it. Moving into our next guy, Xander Shoffley. Um, he's one of those guys we've kind of been holding out on. You know, he was like a, uh, you know, like a female before he won. Um that number just kind of keeps creeping up there every week. You know, a couple weeks ago, you know, at Farmers kind of getting into the to, the teens, um, you know, Century Tour Champions, kind of the teens kind of numbers. Um, now we're we're into the, you know, the 20s and, you know, even seen him. Uh, so right now Xander Shoffley's 20 to 1. I've seen him 23 to 1 in some places. So that number keeps getting higher and higher. And I think now is the time to strike. Um with with Xander so he had a 12th at Century 34th at Farmers in his last start decent numbers uh decent number 23 to 1 for a guy that finished up uh finished runner-up last year uh Xander is 39th off the tee and 15th approach in his last 50 rounds and he hasn't finished worse than 17th in his four starts here so absolutely love the course history here gonna look for him in you know realistic gonna look for him in head-to-heads potentially a top 10 if we can you know find the right number but i am going to take xander this week at 23 to 1 so um i do you know i i think we've waited long enough i know xander has struggled in the past so you know he hasn't lifted as many trophies as we would have thought but i think now getting him into that 23 to 1 kind of you know he's not first tier he's not really a first tier guy right now when we're you know running down these favorites so i think there's a lot of value in this pick 
I agree. I agree. I, I'm, um, I may participate in a Xander Shoffley winning ticket as well. Um, Olympic champion playing, you know, trending, trending for sure. Trending, On to yeah. Scotty, Scotty Scheffler at 22 to one. And here's my guy this week. I'm feeling great about Scotty Scheffler this week. Finally done with those Poe greens on the West coast that he absolutely hates back to Bermuda grass this week, a surface that he is accustomed to and flourishes on. If you remember back in early December, Scheffler finished second down at the Hero World Challenge where Albany Golf Club has those firm fairways and hard-packed lies. You're going to see very, very similar conditions in Phoenix this week. As far as his recent play is concerned, he's really trending with the iron play, had bad approach weeks in Vegas at the RSM, but really got about dialed back in at the Amex and Farmers. He's coming off a little bit of rest and not play the pebble, which was disappointing. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that you want to see in those prime events, uh, but it is nice that we're getting him off a of bye week. Now, let me give you something no one's talking about. Do not forget that Scotty Scheffler now has Bubba Watson's ex-caddy, Ted Scott, on the back. He's been on the back since the RSM. And here's the thing. Watson and Scott had five top five finishes here, but never a win. You have to trust that Ted Scott's going to be a huge asset for Scotty Scheffler this week. I love the top 10 number at plus 180 for Scheffler. Um, I will have a winning ticket at 22 to one. And, um, you know, like a lot of the other guys I've talked about today, I'm, you know, very interested to see what the matchups are going to look like. Yeah, the uh, the pray for Ted Scott hashtag that was viral when uh, when he was on Bubba Watson's bag. I think Sam Burns probably had a little less of a roller coaster uh, experience, whether it's uh, the shots that Bubba's hitting or the uh, you know the cool, calm, and collective com- you know composure of these guys. I think uh, you know. We don't need to, I think Ted Scott's going to be doing fine now. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, it's a great transition. I mean, he, it's like he gets to start over with a, you know, one of the best sure. players on tour. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty nice bag to get on there. Um, but moving into our next guy, Daniel Berger at 25 to one withdrew last week, citing a back injury, bit of a late withdrawal. And will this, I kind of want to be a little more conversational on how, how we're talking about Daniel here. I mean, yeah. you have, you got to be pretty injured to not be defending your title, right? We would say like a very solid PGA Tour career would be like five wins, right? Realistically, no, I, you only have five opportunities to defend your title, right? So the fact that he wasn't able to give it a go last week, um, I don't think he was really a guy who was looking at the field and said, no, I don't want to play. I mean, he had the, you know, he had an opportunity to go back to back. He had, yeah. I mean, no one's got better memories coming into that tournament last week than him. And for the fact that he didn't even give it a go over the first round, you know, kind of see how the back went. Cause that's kind of one of those things. It's kind of, you know, you can feel like you can't get out of bed one day and the next day it feels great. And the fact that he's withdrawing, you know, before even the morning of right. Means that back was in a state that, you know, we uh, should be somewhat concerned about. Correct. Yeah, and uh, you know, didn't even make it to the uh, the clam clam bake on Friday night. You know, you'd, you'd think maybe it'd be a little Saturday morning WD, but um, no, it was definitely interesting. Had a very laid back group. He's going to play with Schoolboy Q and uh, and Macklemore. Um, mm. So it, it was it was shocking. And then you know, with a back injury, do you expect to see someone come back the week after? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of looking at his stats, you know, he has a stat. Berger's 14th off the tee, he's third approach in his last hundred starts. He's coming off a tied 20th, the farmers, fifth of the century, you know, four-time winner on tour. You know, when he is in contention, he does have a tendency to kind of close out that event. 
he's one of I'd probably say a handful of guys on tour. They have a two shot lead with two holes to play, and you're pretty much like I don't need to watch this. This is done. Kind of guys. Um, you know, a bit of a killer instinct. Uh, I'd say, but you know, even in terms of the way the books are looking at it, like, do they know that his back's fine to put him at 25 to one? If the guy withdrew the week before, I mean, no. you know, when you think of an NFL player who's dealing with like turf toe or whatever, that can, that can, uh, you know, move the, move the line a point and a half, two points. If a guy doesn't have mobility, I mean, this of, guy, all, of all things, the, yeah, of all things, the back too. I'm, I, I am shocked to see him in the field this week. Yeah. But even at like, I feel like that number should jump to, 35 to one, 30 yeah. to one, you know, mid tier guy, six less than, yeah, less than a week ago, he could not tee it up in a PJ tour event. And now all of a sudden he's a favorite. I think it's just kind of ridiculous. So completely passing for me, you know, not only, I wouldn't even love the number really, if he was completely healthy with how strong this field is, you know, that he was one of the obviously favorites last week because it was a glorified corn fairy event. But in terms of this week, I just can't take a guy at that number who's, uh, you know, dealing with, with some, uh, you know, injuries. Yeah, no doubt. And it's not really like his, you know, last couple of starts here have been too consistent. Miscut 19, ninth place in 20, and then miscut in 21. Um, had a seventh place finish here back in 17 as well. But nothing really is consistent enough for Berger for me to take him this week. Yeah, and the whole thing is, well, as we're doing this, obviously kind of looking over the favorites, looking over all the other players, it's always good, you know, even to our listeners, when you're trying to, if you just see the number and see the player, right, it might not be that easy to get a kind of a judge of what that number means if there's value. Start comparing that player to the guys that are a couple names above them, a couple names below them. Will, going into our next guy. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Sam, a healthy Sam Burns at 30 to 1 versus a Daniel Berger who, you know, might not be able to tie his shoes, might have to get uh, might have to get the caddy on there, pray for that guy, uh, is, a, is a tough look. But, yeah, so moving into our next guy, Sam Burns, 30 to 1. Yeah, one, PGA Tour needs to get hooked up with Roto Worlds. You know, the injury reports that NFL and NBA does. Wow, that would be sick. But it would also be about a 15,000-page document. Yeah, you're <laughs> – <laughs> You're right, but luckily I was on the good side of the Tringali bet last week with Day over Tringali because he couldn't he couldn't bend down to pick up his pick up the ball out of the hole. Wait, did J Day go full back issues on? No, 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 no. Tringali did. Oh, Tringali, Tringali okay. did. Yeah, luckily wow. nothing with J Day. We were, yeah, I was holding my breath there, but um, no, but great point here with Sam Burns at thirty to one. Talk about you know someone that should be a lot more respected than Daniel Berger this week. I'm trying to figure out if it's the miscut at the farmers or that he hasn't performed great here in three starts. He did come in 22nd last year, but missed the cut in the two years prior. And I look at this exactly like Hovland. I'm not going to make an assessment on Burns for this week based off 2019, 2020, when he wasn't a PGA tour winner. Um, you know, I, I see a Burns top 20 ticketed plus money looks incredibly appetizing. Um, you know, he's finished in the top 20 in seven of his last eight events, dating back to the BMW in August. Um, his iron play was incredibly off the farmers. He lost about three and a half strokes to the field in that category, but got a week off, probably went home, got things dialed in. I don't see why anyone wouldn't take Sam Burns top 20 plus 100 and, and, and put something on, on a winning ticket at 31 this week. I think it's a great price. Yeah, that's a solid pick. Well, he, you know, he's another one of these guys, just, you know, very solid throughout the bag. 
Um, not one part of this game you could really uh, pick apart and, uh, you know, has gotten the job done here a couple of times, uh, you know, in the last kind of seven, yeah. eight months about the, what is that? A couple of weeks, Innisburg coming up, going to be defending there. Um, and if you, pretty- if you, yeah, if you look at Burns' record at Sanderson Farms in 41, he came in 45th and 19, missed the cut in 20. You know, I, I really think, it's a very comparable to the Hovland situation. We're looking at a very different Sam Burns than two to three years ago. Yeah. And it's important to look at, well, we talk about course history. That's probably like the most kind of, uh, what's the word controversial thing to look at when, you know, you're looking at uh, all these picks and, you know, all these people that are giving picks out there are looking at course history. I think for the younger players, that's probably where you're going to look at course history, just completely toss it out. Because realistically, their rookie year, right? They're going to be Great playing point. golf course for the first time. Their second year, they're, you know, obviously playing it for the second time. And I think we should probably factor this in a little bit more to when we're looking at it. Until a guy has really kind of gone around there three, four times, five years, he's, you know, not, not he's not really getting the same exact uh, prep that's like some of these veterans are. You know, shout out to Charles Howell, who I believe is having his 600th start this week, right? So imagine a guy who's, you know, playing his third start versus a guy who's playing his 14th start. It's just, I mean, you know, completely different uh, situation in terms of prep. So, you know, don't worry about some of these, uh, some of these younger guys that may have, you know, missed the cut last year. They're still, you know, some of these guys are getting facial hair for the first time. They're still kind of maturing, still, uh, you know, growing into their own games. So, you know, they obviously come in so raw out of college, you know, they're used to playing with a college coach kind of directing them around the course and uh, playing with all their, you know, it's a different level out here. So, you know, long story short, don't worry too much about young guy course history kind of going forward. And, you know, that's, I I like Sam this week. All right. And moving into our head to heads for my first matchup, I'm going to take Victor Hovland over Patrick Cantlay plus 100. This is uh, Goliath versus Goliath in terms of the way these guys have been playing as of late. Um, in terms of the matchup and stats, everything's pretty uh, comparable here. So Hovland is a slightly better ball striker overall from T Green. And then, you know, Cantlay kind of stands out as a slightly better putter. If you're going to look at Hovland, one of the weaknesses is going to be the putter. Um, in terms of how they've been playing as of late, Hovland is coming off a win on the European tour the week previous to that finished tied fourth. So, you know, really consistent. And then you have Cantlay coming off a tied fourth, you know, just last week at the AT&T there. Granted, a little bit weaker field of event. I'd look at Hovland's uh, recent play a little uh, closer just because of the strengths of fields and the, the guys have been able to take down that tournament. Will that he won in Dubai was like the who's who was, uh, was playing in that with the Rory's and um, you know, the ROMs and everything. So looking at what Cantley's done as of late, he has five top tens in a row. I think at some point that streak has to end. I think if it's going to end, it's going to be on a course like this, which is, you know, very risk reward. Uh, I think not necessarily, you know, we talked about the course history. I don't think you need enough ton of course history here, but in terms of, He's never played the golf course before. So on a course that, like we talked about, there's going to be some pretty, uh, you know, big time shots. Some, I think having a, you know, having some, a little more prep uh, than, you know, obviously none is going to be uh, working in uh, Hovland's favor. Hovland, you know, recently became the number three 
golfer in the world for good reason. So, you know, a lot of these head-to-heads is just kind of looking at the number. I see these guys as pretty much on the exact same tier. So the fact I'm getting a little value there at plus 100, I have to take it. So for my first pick, it's going to be Victor Hovland over Patrick Cantley at plus 100. Okay, and my, uh, my first uh, matchup uh, for the waste management is going to be Bubba Watson over Corey Connors at minus 130. Bit of an expensive ticket here to start the mashups, but you can't argue with Bubba Watson's track record here. We talked a bit yesterday about core, course history for veterans versus course history for younger players. This will be Bubba's 12th time playing this event where he's accumulated five top five finishes over that span. You know, Scottsdale place he's very, very comfortable with, um, you know, but, you know, so so were a lot of players, like I said yesterday, <laughs> led half this field lives here. Uh, but another thing with Bubba, loves getting the crowd involved in his game. That's a great thing here. We even have some recent great play from Bubba. Uh, he finished second to Harold Warner just last week at the Saudi International. And on the other side of this bet, we've seen, you know, some regression from Corey Connors coming off back-to-back missed cuts. You know, his track record, nothing too special here. So, my first matchup is going to be Bubba Watson over Corey Connors at minus 130. Solid, solid. And then moving into my other head-to-head, I'm going to be taking Sam Burns over Russ, Russell Henley at plus 110. I honestly thought this was a bit of a misprint when you just look at world ranking, when you look at quality of golfer. Um, I don't even see these guys on the same tier like the books do this week, um, let alone the fact I'm getting Burns at plus money. Uh, Sam Burns is the third best Bermuda putter in the field. And, you know, just looking at, you know, their stats, how far they hit it. You know, you have a guy like Burns who hits over 70% of the fairways, averages almost 310 off the tee. He's going to be hitting two less clubs in on every hole than a guy like Henley. And he's a significantly better putter. So, yes, Henley is definitely one of the best iron players on the tour, but I don't think he's going to be able to make up that ground um, from the approach alone. Uh, Unless he has a career week with the driver, I think this matchup could be over pretty quick. When you look at Russell's uh, Russell Henley's track record here, the last the last couple of years he's missed a cut three times in his last six starts, so nothing you know, not much to love here. And then you have someone like us, Sam Burns, coming off a tied twenty second last year, so you know a little positive course history to look at. So absolutely love this matchup for Sam. And just recapping my head to heads, I'm taking Victor Hovland over Patrick Cantlay plus one hundred and Sam Burns over Russell Henley at plus one ten. Yeah, and I have uh, I have two more matchups here left for you. So we'll start with Webb Simpson overseeing this power at minus 120. So uh, Webb is the fifth best player here at this tournament over the last five years, 49 under of that time frame, pretty deep. He won this event two years ago, and that's something to be said for how well this, uh, you know, this course suits Webb's game. You can guarantee he's not missing fairways. He's not letting any cacti catch his ass. And even though I do think that Seamus Power is going to have a lot more success this year, uh, I think there's definitely some regression coming. Um, Seamus did miss the cut here in his solo start in 2019. So uh, second matchup is going to be Webb Simpson over Seamus Power at minus 120. My last one, I'm taking the blondie led. Brooks Kepka over Tony Finau plus 100. Here's the deal. Defending champion, completely disrespected across the board. I saw it's plus money for Brooks to finish in the top 20. Um, I don't think that's a bad ticket either, but I love Brooks Kepka over Tony Finau this week. Neither one of them have really had any good recent results. You know, Finau has not had a finish better than 40th on the PGA Tour since the Tour Championship. 
did finish 28th last week at the Saudi International. Shot one under for the week, so you know nothing too I special he, for Tommy. I saw he tied with a uh, Tong Chai Jai D or something. Wow, so, he. Uh, that's to, that's a good little nugget there. Yeah, What's he been up to? to? Show the, the you know how weak that field is. Uh, you know, yeah. obviously, um, you got guys like you know Mateo like, Mateo Yeah, but you have guys. I mean, if you're tying with guys that are borderline champions tour, not exactly the best week for Tony. So probably you know. Going off what you said, don't even want to overreact to a whatever top thirty finish on the on the Asian tour or whatever that. <laughs> and, and led you, you have to think that we have to buy Brooks Kepka right now because if he starts to heat up before major season, I don't feel like we're going to see these prices again. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Another thing, he's missed you know three of his last four cuts, and he's supposed to be one of the faces of golf. When I see. You know, producers and hosts at the radio station who don't know much about golf, they know who Brooks Kepka is, whether it's, you know, his great play for major championships, social media BS with Bryson. He is one of the faces of our game right now. I can't imagine that, you know, this this miscut streak lasts any longer or else, you know, he's going to turn into a Ricky. I mean, I, you know, yeah. without the majors, but I'm going to buy, you know, Brooks Lowe this week at plus 100 over Tony Fino. So just going back over my, my matchups, it's going to be Bubba Watson over Corey Connors at minus 130, Webb Simpson over Seamus Power at minus 120, and Brooks Kepka over Tony Finau at plus 100. Love it. And, well, just, you know, what you kind of mentioned earlier, Brooks, Brooks is a guy who kind of has a tendency to get up uh, for the big events. The fact that he's defending this week, maybe that's, uh, you know, that's a little bit of uh, extra juice he needs to, uh, to try, right? <laughs> I, would, I would hope so, Lud. I would hope yeah, so. so- Let's move into our picks to place. Um, for my first one, I'm going to take Sam Burns' top 10 plus 275. He's coming off a miscut in his last start at the Farmers. I think it's making that number a little juicier than we'd normally see. Obviously, based off um, a lot stronger field, you know, a lot of the times when we're looking at Sam Burns' top 10, you know, that could be in the plus 175 range. So the fact that we're getting a plus 275 is extremely nice. Just, you know, glossing over the stats here, he's 13th off the teeth, 17th approach, 7th putting in his last 50 rounds. And in terms of course setup, you know, one of the, you know, couple guys, handful of guys in the field that can carry the ball over 300 yards. So he's not going to be having to worry about too many of those bunkers. He's going to be hitting mid irons into those par fives. And, you know, a little bit of course history coming off the tide 22nd. So uh, history here, um, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, this guy doesn't have, you know, uh, the best stats, but it's nice to have a little result there um, to go back on last year that uh, he can play well here. And he's a completely different player uh, this year than he was last year in terms of, uh, you know, completely through the bag, kind of where he wants his game to be. But for my next pick, I'm going to take Bubba Watson, top 10 plus 300. And will you, I don't want to, you know, echo exactly what you said, but yeah, this is Bubba's first PGA Tour start since last August. I think um, given his course history, that's the reason that number is plus 300. When you look at his course history, uh, you know, finished runner-up in 2014-2015, finished fourth in 2019, third in 2020. He's first tee to green his last 12 rounds at TPC Scottsdale. Um, so the books are trying to kind of factor in, okay, he hasn't played a PJ tour event in six months, but he's also coming off as, you know, a runner up finish, you know, realistically could have won that uh, event last week. If it weren't for the, you know, 300 foot putt that uh, yeah, he, Farmer jarred on the last, uh, 
you know, shout out to him for the sportsmanship running on the green to congratulate him and stuff. That was a pretty cool uh, scene. Yeah, they both eagled 18. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Incredible. Insane, a really insane finish. Incredible. Yeah, so, you know, Bubba Watson, he actually said like 10 years ago, he's like, I hate this golf course. But uh, based on the uh, results that he's had here, he should uh, definitely love it. So Bubba Watson, top 10 plus 300, and Sam Burns, top 10 plus 275 for my picks to place this week. Okay, and I kind of already went over my first two picks to place in the favorites. Scotty Scheffler, top 10 um, at plus 180, and Sam Burns, top 20 at plus 100. My next one's going to be Louis Oosthuizen, top 20 at plus 120, and how about this nugget from Justin Ray Golf on Twitter? Does great work with the 21st group and PGA Tour. Louis Oosthuizen is making his first start of 2022 this week in Phoenix and two starts at the Wasted Management. He's finished third and T11. And this is Louis' record in his first start of the year worldwide since 2009. 13 starts, four wins, and nine top tens. I absolutely love Louis this week. Uh, coming off a spectacular 2021 season that featured top five finishes in every major except the Masters. Uh, this will be in the ranks for my best bet. It's going to be Louis Oosthuizen, top 20 at plus 120. My next uh, pick to place is Russell Knox, top Scott at plus 100. This is essentially a head-to-head because the only other guy from Scotland in the field is Martin Laird, who missed the cut here last year and finished 55th here the year before. Yes, he finished 11th at Shriners this year where he struck magic a couple years ago. But let's discuss Russell Knox. It's been a solid start to the year uh, besides a few missed cuts in the fall in Houston and Mayakoba. But since, the, since then, flipped the script a little bit, finished 7th at the Sony and had a decent week um, at Pebble uh, this past week. What I really love about Russell Knox is his experience on this golf course, which is invaluable for this bet. Knox has three top 20 finishes here and six starts. I love this ticket. It's Russell Knox as the top Scott at plus 100. Just going back over my picks to place, it's going to be Scotty Scheffler, top 10 at plus 180. Sam Burns, top 20 at plus 100. Louis Oosthuizen, top 20 at plus 120. And Russell Knox as the top Scott at plus 100. Moving into our dark horses here. I have two for you this week. Um, My first one's going to be Keith Mitchell, top 20 at plus 350. Uh, listen, I had the same exact ticket for my dark horse for the Sony Open where he ended up finishing seventh. I'm going back to him this week based off recent success and how well he plays on the tight Bermuda surfaces. Finished 12th at Pebble Beach last week, just two weeks after that great finish at the Sony. And now he's finished in the top 20 in three of his last four starts. Um, he finished 16th here two years ago. So definitely some course history to fall back on for Keith Mitchell this week. Uh, my second dark horse and, you know, call it dark horse what you want. This, this one doesn't quite hit the plus 350 mark, but it's going to be Adam Hadwin, top Canadian, plus 300. Um, and we just talked about how Corey Connors is on a stretch of bad golf. He's obviously the favorite on the Canadian leaderboard, but how about, how about the other three Canadians that Hadwin will have to take down? Nick Taylor has never, you know, finished better here than 49th in, uh, in seven starts at the WM, Roger Sloan has missed three cuts in his last five starts and missed the cut in his solo start back here in 2020. And the last guy who doesn't even have odds on the Canadian leaderboard because he just Monday qualified, and that's ETN Papineau, who will be making his PGA Tour start or debut this week. Hopefully we don't get any type of career show from him this week, Led. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love Adam Hadwin on the Canadian leaderboard. Has two top 25 finishes in the last three starts. Had a great 16th place finish last week at Pebble in his 200th career PGA Tour start. Um, and on top of that, Hadwin has put together a decent track record here in the seven times he's played this event um, with two top 20 finishes and only one miscut back in 2015. So my two dark horses are going to be Keith Mitchell, top 20 and plus 350, and Adam Hadwin, top Canadian at plus 300. Yeah, and I was actually looking at Keith Mitchell for um, Dark Horse. I actually saw him to win. He was, I saw him in areas of 120 to 1. Um, I saw, but now that's been bet down to like, now I've, I've seen in some places 80 to 1 and 75 wow. to 1. So, Will, I will be also uh, riding the Keith Mitchell top 20 at plus 350. Good week at the Sony a couple weeks ago. And uh, I think his game sets up well here. So, moving into our picks to win i'm going to start off with xander shoffley at 22 to 1 and i just think that number we've waited long enough we've been patient uh you know you know similar to a brooks ticket here we've you know held out held out on that thing when it was in the teens it's gotten up to the uh the you know tw- you know 23 to 1 even in some places so he's coming off 12th at century 34th 34th at farmers um a guy like xander you know, not necessarily doesn't have a uh, exactly a cabinet full of trophies, but in terms of uh, one of the most consistent guys on tour, um, I'd be you know I'd be shocked if he wasn't here late on Sunday. Um, he also hasn't finished worse uh, than 17th at this uh, event in his last four starts, so really consistent as of late. And then Hideki Matsuyama is my other pick, 14 to one. I'm actually seeing him 16 to one in some places, and it's just based on the fact of how well he's playing. And how well he plays his golf course. Sadek has two wins in his last four starts, two wins at this event, um, 24th off the tee, 13th approach. Um, and then when you just compare it to, you know, like we said earlier, a guy like Rom, who's plus 600 in some places, the fact that you're getting, you know, almost triple the value there is uh, is tough to pass up on. So for my, uh, oh, and I actually have one more pick. It's going to be Aaron Wise at 65 to one. So, you know, this is kind of, it's not too dark a horse here. So uh, um, it's pretty much a dark horse. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) He's on the the top 20 favorites here. So first event of the year was a miscut of the farmers two weeks ago, Um, but not really many players had a better fall than Aaron Wise. He's definitely coming in under the radar, just given the fact that he hasn't, uh, you know, had a good finish in this calendar year. Um, When you go back to, you know, last fall here, he had an eighth at the Shriners, which is a desert course. He had a fifth at the CJ cup, which is a desert course. Um, he had a 15th at Mayakoba and a 26th at Houston Open. Those are the four previous starts to the miscut that everybody's, uh, you know, freaking out about. If he finished T12 at Farmers, maybe that number is, uh, you know, 35 to 1, 40 to 1. So I think 65 to 1 for Aaron Wise is a great number this week. He's 17th T to Green, um, certainly one of the longer hitters on tour. He's also going to be able to take it over bunkers that a, a lot of guys can't. A lot of guys can't. And uh, yeah, I just, I love Aaron Wise at 65 to one. And then for my other two picks, just recapping Hideki Matsuyama, 14 to one and Xander Shoffley, 22 to one. Yeah, that's a, uh, a great find there with, uh, with Aaron Wise. And then just going back to your Hideki pick, you know, don't forget that Hideki for the first time in his career led the field in strokes gain putting at the Sony open. Um, That's absolutely huge. We could see, Hideki level up here pretty soon, rattle off a couple more majors 
Um, so, so great work there. Blood. And make sure guys, uh, I believe he was 16 to one on points bet. So do a little shopping with that one. Um, you know, when we're getting into the lower teens there, obviously, uh, you know, a number or two is a big difference in terms of the value of that bet. Yeah. And moving into, um, you know, my solo winner, uh, as much as I do, I'm well, Hideki will be on my slate as well. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm definitely going to take Hideki to win. Other winner is going to be Scotty Scheffler at 22 to one. You know, Tom Hoagie won his first PGA Tour event last week. I think a fellow Big 12 alumni gets it done this week. We talked a lot about him in the favorites. Um, it's been a monster year for the Big 12 as far as professional golf is concerned. Taylor Gooch got it done at the RSM. Victor Hovland and Mike Kobe here in the Dubai Desert Classic. And then Tom Hoagie, the Horn Frog, secured the bag last week. So I'm loving for this trend to continue. And um, you know, Scotty Scheffler, an absolute master when it comes to tight Bermuda surfaces. So, uh, my winner this week is going to be Scotty Scheffler, um, at 22 to one and let, I'll bring, I'll bring us into our DraftKings lineups where I took the lead last week, currently three to two. And this is the lineup I'm going with this week. Victor Hovland, Sam Burns, Scotty Scheffler, Bubba Watson, Keith Mitchell, Russell Knox, and Adam Had Hadwin. So, um, all a pretty big emphasis on uh, pass play at the waste management, except of course Victor Oblin, um, who you know has had some trouble on the Bermuda, but uh, I'm, I'm putting my trust in him this week. Yeah, and as you go, as we know, he can uh, he can win golf tournaments uh, not making longer than a what six and a half footer. Six and a half. That's all it took for the Dubai Desert. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, and then for my DraftKings lineup, I'm going to be taking. Sam Burns, Xander Shoffley, Corey Connors, Luke List, Joel Damon, and Keith Mitchell. Just a bunch of ball strikers for a course like TPC Scottsdale. I think that should set up well. But let's move into our best bet of the week. I'm going to be taking Corey Connors, top 20, plus 175. One of the more consistent players on tour. Yes, he is coming off back-to-back -back missed cuts. So we aren't going to get him really at a much better value. Um, he's already finished 22nd. In three of his last six starts, he's finished 22nd or better in seven of his last 11 starts. Um, and he's ninth off the tee, 32nd approach so far this year on the PGA Tour. So in terms of um, he has uh, missed a couple cuts on this golf course, let's not overreact to the last couple missed cuts on a course uh, that doesn't exactly fit a player like Corey. Uh, you know, when you put him on a course like Wiley on a, on a placement golf course, which, you know, for somewhat this TPC Scottsdale, like you better be placing the ball on the ferry. You better be hitting greens um, around here with some of the raised surfaces and stuff like that. I think Corey uh, can do well here. He finished tied 17th in this event last year. So I think he can have no problem doing it again. Uh, for my best pet, I'm taking Corey Connors top 20 plus 175. Just, you know, the, you know, he's at farmers. He had a tough week there, tough week the last couple weeks here, but I think getting back to a course that he played on well on last year, he should have no problem. So Corey Connors top 20 plus 175 for my best bet. I'm glad I'm not necessarily fading that because you have Bubba too. So I have Bubba over Corey. So, you know, no big deal there, led great work. Okay. My, my best bet, Louis Oosthuizen top 20 plus 120. Uh, you know, we've been over this. There's something to be said for how well Louis plays in his first start of the season. We love Louis. When his back, back is fresh and ready to go. Um, talked a lot about this one and picks the place, but my best bet this week, Louis Oosthuizen, top 20, um, at plus 120.
Okay, Led, moving on into our score prediction, uh, looking at the weather in Scottsdale, whew, what a weekend it's going to be. Wish I was up there. Highs of 79, lows of 53 in the morning. Um, I think they're going to push that tournament record at 28 under. I think they're going to get to 23 this week. Uh, 23 under is my scoring prediction uh, for the winning score. What about you, Led? Nice, yeah. And, you know, the last five years here, the score's been kind of in that 17 to 19 under range. Uh, I'm going to go with 20 under, uh, even number, nice solid number there for my uh, – winning score but will this is a fun week this week for the fans for the players uh we thought we might throw in a couple fun bets that we saw um for my fun bet i'm going to be winner to not be in the final group that is plus 190 only two out of the last 12 winners of this tournament have been in the final group so i think you know a bit of a trend there that we can jump on and you know realistically you know all the last couple weeks here a lot of these tournaments have had five, six, seven, eight guys in the mix uh, coming into the back nine on Sunday. So that's more more than reasonable uh, to assume that uh, we could have a come from behind winner. And especially when you, you know, factor in this golf course uh, with the, you know, the 15th part five, little Island green kind of situation. You got 17, the drivable part four, a lot of, uh, a lot of things can happen um, out there. Even 18, it's like, if you hit a good drive, it's like auto birdie. And if you hit a bad drive, it's like, this is, you know, this is a tough, uh, golf hole. So yeah, for my fun bet, I'm going to be winner to not be in the final group plus 190. I like it. My fun pick, uh, for this week, there's a lot of Joe money all over Billy Horschel this week. Okay. Led. I'm going Billy Horschel to miss the cut at plus 210. He's been hitting his irons shocking. It's amazing. He hasn't missed a cut in his last three starts. Lost eight and a half strokes on approach um, at Century, one and a half at Sony, almost three at Farmers and put together an 11th place finish. So, uh, you know, it's been manageable for Billy last couple of tournaments, but here's the bottom line. This guy can't do, you know, the crowd noises. He can't do the sad conversation. A couple of years ago, he's walking off 16 and told the crowd to be quiet. I mean, come on, Billy. Know where you're at. All yeah. right. Know where you're at. Yeah, that's so that'll be my uh, my fun pick of the week. Billy Horschel plus two ten. Um, definitely some stats behind that. Um, the amount of strokes he's losing on approach to back that up. So uh, Billy Horschel plus two ten. Led. We got the Super Bowl coming up. What are you thinking? Let's hear it. Yeah, you know, we'll uh, direct him to the pros and the other podcasts on this uh, on this network but i'm yeah. going to be taking uh the rams uh minus minus four and a half i think uh they're gonna you know get it done a little bit of a home game this week and i think uh the burrow dream run might be uh coming to an end yeah i'm with you i'm taking rams uh minus four and a half you know they beat a terrible raiders team you know they beat ryan Tannehill through three picks and um you know beat Patrick Mahomes on his worst day. So um, I like Rams all the way. I said a couple of weeks ago that the winner of the Bucks Rams game is going to win the Super Bowl, and that's exactly what's going to happen. I just have a, I just have the image of Burrow sitting on the bench kind of sulking like third quarter. I just can kind of see that when it's like, I can, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be a bit of a, sometimes when it's like a culmination, like the Super Bowl ends in being the culmination. And I mean, the Rams better when they, uh, the amount of money they put into this team. And uh, this is, I mean, you talk about win now, like you better win now because, uh, you know, it's going to get expensive uh, and it'll, it's, it better be worth it. Right. In terms of that. So, yeah, 
I think Rams minus four and a half, no problem. Can't wait to. It's going to be an epic Sunday when you got the uh, waste management. Then uh, leading into the Super Bowl, talk about uh, you better get uh, you better get yourself in front of a TV for the for the weekend. Yeah, pressure packed weekend, tons of betting going on. Uh, you know, and best of luck to everyone this week with the waste management picks. Uh, we'll see you next week for the Genesis led. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. I will be in uh, Los Angeles for that. So uh, I'll let you know how the greens are rolling. So best of luck this week uh, to everyone with their waste management picks. We'll see you next week on the golf preview podcast on RJ Bell's dream preview. Nice work today, Led. You too, Doc.